The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special joint batch of the Biscuit Podcast with our good friends and media partners at the Charlotte Ledger. Everybody, this is, again, Tim Miner, co-editor and co-publisher of Biscuit. I'd like to introduce my good friend, Tony Messia of the Charlotte Ledger. Tony, how are you doing today? Doing great, Tim. Uh, great idea to have this together. Uh, really looking forward to, to uh, the conversation we're going to have today. I'm Tony Messia. I'm editor of the Charlotte Ledger, which is a, a businessy uh, uh, newsletter in Charlotte. Absolutely. And we love to uh, kind of plumb the depths, Tony Messia and I, about how business and creativity intersect and what it does. And the story that we have today about a development that's going on in now, Tony Kuhn, our guest, and Jim Dukes, our other guest. You'll have to forgive me. We call it Nonoda, which is North Noda, but it's off of Raleigh Street, uh, just north of, of North Davidson, and really is an exciting synthesis of development and creative organizations and creative businesses coming together. So without further ado, this is we've got two Tonys on this one. So this is going to be nice and, and, uh, and complicated. We're one I'd short of Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> That's our goal that for the again. next time. Let's do that. We got two turntables, two Tonys, and four microphones. All right. Uh, I'd like to introduce Tony Kuhn with Flywheel Group. If Tony, if you would just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Thank you for having us. We're excited to talk with you guys about the things we're doing in uh, the north portion of Noda. We're not convinced on the no Noda tag yet um but we think that name is going to evolve and going to reveal itself you know as more and more things happen up here so we're a developer that does a lot of things in the node north end area um, and we're really excited um to have a partner in the charlotte art league um to do some really cool things up in this area and they're part of our um partnership on a project uh, at 4237 raleigh street that we'll be talking about today that we're hoping is going to be the start of a community arts cluster in the north portion of Noda. That's the perfect segue. I couldn't ask for a better guest to, to tee it up. Jim, uh, executive director of the Charlotte Art League, Jim Dukes, introduce yourself, my friend, and then we'll dive into this conversation. Well, sure. Hey, I'm Jim Dukes, executive director of Charlotte Art League. Yeah, thanks for having us as part of this conversation. We are extremely excited as well, not only to uh, be talking about arts and growth, but about two unlikely um, pairings coming together and making the community better. Well, great. Well, guys, you know, I appreciate you, uh, you know, getting together and talking to us about this this development. A lot of exciting things kind of going on in that area. We're talking about the area off of, you know, Sugar Creek, uh, and, and North Davidson, sort of by that light rail stop over there. You know, I was out there the other day, and as you're driving around, you know, it doesn't look like a, you know, it's, a, it's an industrial area, right? There's like, you know, there's old industrial buildings, there's barbed wire uh, fences, there's kind of a rundown mall. What is it about this area that, that makes you say, gosh, this is a great place to, uh, you know, to, to develop, is a great place to have a home for the art league? I mean, what, what is it about that area that you think has a lot of potential? I'll jump in, I guess. Um... We just love barbed wire. That's our favorite design aesthetic, barbed wire. I think it's very comforting and inviting. Um, but the truth of the matter is, is the more industrial properties you have like that, um, the less other retail or housing that you will be displacing. So the larger the industrial track, 
the more um, opportunity there is to develop something better than what's in place, as opposed to usurping or building over something that's already existing. So the fact that it is, um, you know, very heavily industrial right now, we feel better about kind of bringing in new uses and supplanting those industrial uses, which aren't very person centric and replacing that with, you know, retail, community arts deals, and hopefully new housing as well. You've got a light rail stop. You've got the, the cross Charlotte trail. You've got, you know, there's some condos, apartments. Uh, I mean, you just sort of see it like a, like a South end was 10 years ago or like a Noda center of Noda was, you know, a number of years ago. Is it, is it that kind of potential? Absolutely. And those things you mentioned are certainly part of the larger um, attraction for us on a real estate standpoint, the light rail line, um, the cross Charlotte trail fronting this four, two, three, seven property. Uh, the proximity between Uptown and UNC Charlotte, which has been growing you know, enormously in the last couple of decades, uh, and just the proximity to an a existing thriving arts community in Noda. So all of those things geographically and macro-wise attract this to the real estate in general. And then you layer in the industrial portion that has just so much potential to be you know, more useful or better places than they are right now. Um, are very attractive. But if you look at the history of this place, also there is um, you know, a, a long history of things happening at Sugar Creek and North Tryon, started with uh, the first NASCAR or racetrack um, in the Charlotte area. And then also was you know, a hub for what's now Asian Corners Mall, but movie theaters. And there was a, a state fairgrounds on that site. So historically, this has been a very important part of retail development in Charlotte. And then the 70s, 80s and 90s became industrial. But there's a lot of you know, macro reasons why this site we feel like is primed for future development. And hopefully, yes, it will be you know, as good or better hopefully than the South End. You know, hopefully we can learn things. We love the South End. We think it, it's great. But there's also things that we can perhaps, uh, if we start intentionally from the beginning, do a little bit better as far as the planning is concerned. Jim, you were trying to jump in on that. What do you have to, to add to that? Yeah, we we love the area here too. Um, not only from the industrial aspect, giving us a, a huge blank canvas to to play in and create from, but also the history of the neighborhoods that are here. And from a from an arts perspective, um, we've got a community that is already built that we can serve. And for us, it helps us fulfill our mission to uh, serve a diverse community and um, like, like Howie Acres and um, um, gosh, all, everybody that's already here. And, um, you know, as, as you go out, um, radiate out from us. So um, we've got the new um um, recreation facility that's coming in um, within a half a mile of here with a parks and rec. So um, there's just a lot that the community will benefit from having art um, partner with development in the way that we're doing it and not just be a an afterthought or what we the talk, the calls that we typically get are, um, hey, we're doing this big apartment building. Can you throw some art in our lobby? It's, hey, this is a great idea. Let's look at how we can incorporate multiple diverse um, arts or movement or um, 
hey, what kind of different things can we bring together uh, that will make everybody benefit? And um, Tony's been extremely receptive to some of my ideas, even even getting videos on a Sunday from uh, uh, Oso Skate Park and saying, hey, um, these guys are looking for a new home. I love it here. Um, I was actually taking my son there scootering and when I found out they were needing a new space and uh, so I shot a video of it and emailed it to Tony on a Sunday and I was like um, look they need some space what do you think and he immediately responded yes I I love them too and let's talk about it and two days later we were all meeting so um, that's that's how creative people get things done. So that actually brings me to my question thanks Jim it's you know Tony Kuhn, you could have gone in any direction on this. You had property, you could have gone straight. I know that this is meant to be a mixture of housing and, and retail and, and, and restaurant, but you know, you kind of went towards the creative community to form the bedrock of this. What role do creative businesses and creative organizations play in, in placemaking? Because that's obviously, you you took a different path than many direct uh, developers do in starting this work. That was, you know, definitely intentional and just speaks to kind of my background and design philosophy. Placemaking is the most important thing for me on developing. It's not about dollars and cents. It's really about creating great places. Uh, And that comes from my architectural background. I moved to Charlotte um, to go to UNC Charlotte um, School of Architecture and got my master's there. And really the whole idea around that was to understand design and placemaking to help inform a development career. And so the, we start with placemaking first um, and then make sure that it fits within the bounds that it can actually make money. Um, and a lot of times you have to make sacrifices for great placemaking um, and kind of creative users and uses. And so um, it's always been just a passion of mine um, as far as the placemaking and the creative side of things. So when um, Charlotte Art League was getting moved out of um, South End because of, you know, development pressures um, and rising rents. I said, let's have a home here, a station house. In the meantime, while we're looking for a permanent solution um, for a new kind of design centric community hub. And so uh, why does it go? Why did we go to that type of um, development uh, to focus on creativity is really because that is our goal is to create places, not to create developments that make money. If we don't make money, we're out of business. So we have to do that, but that's not the first position that we take and look at a development. We look at how is this going to benefit the place, the community, what's its long-term goals and gentrification happens um, in retail, just as it does in housing and retail, especially arts center retail, Manor theater, um, the skate park, Charlotte Art League, they get pushed out of the, the really great places. So we're trying to find them a permanent home. Um, so that's just part of our ethos and who we are as a development shop. You know, I, I've got a follow up on that. I appreciate you going down that route because I think we've seen, you know, using creatives to establish place is not a brand new concept, but we've also seen that when the place is established in Charlotte and other communities, the creatives are pushed to the side. They're pushed out. They were used to add the coolness and, and create, you know, buzz on an area and then they're gone and who knows where they go. So my question would be, you know, looking at this, looking at other parts of Charlotte, what, what would you say the create the state is 
for creative space for rent or lease in Charlotte right now? Is it is it sustainable? You know, can creatives make it where we're headed in a lot of developments across the city? Not in the same areas that they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Um, I don't think you could afford to have a low cost gallery in the center of 36 and North Davidson right now because the rent is five times what it was 10 or 20 years ago. So I think, and, and it's part of an, an art mentality is kind of habitating unused spaces and has been, as you mentioned, in every city and every place in the world for a long, long time is that they start in the undesirable places and make them desirable. The rent gets too expensive and then they move out. So there can be and should be an intentional way to kind of preserve some spaces. But I also think that art is a kind of, and creativity is a inherently kind of mobile thing and it, it is going to move. It's not always going to be in the exact same space all the time. And I think that is actually okay. We're trying to, you know, create spaces that allow those creatives to um, have a longer term space, but nothing's permanent. So this isn't a hundred year thing. I think, you know, a decade or two from now, the Charlotte art league may be in a different place. I hope it's in the same spot forever, but a one and two story thing uh, in the center of downtown Charlotte or uptown Charlotte, probably would look pretty odd at the corner of trade and try So things change. And I don't think it's a bad thing, but if we could be intentional about preserving that space longer term um, and preventing the gentrification to happen and creating developments that um, do create portions of that space to creative uses, um, we would be doing a good thing. Um, but I, I don't know that if it's ever going to be like a permanent solution to gentrification, there's too much design, there's too much supply and demand metrics involved in that to make that happen. Yeah, I, I, I understand where you're coming from there. And, and both Tony Kuhn and, and Jim Dukes, if you would address this, I think my my concern from a creative perspective is you're right. Nothing is forever. And we understand that the development and and creatives have to find ways to to work together, which is what I'm excited about here. But it does seem that the that 10 to 20 year cycle that we're talking about is speeding up in Charlotte, yeah. that that areas are getting gobbled up faster than they were before class C space becoming class A space in a much tighter circle. So what are some of the tactics that you think both of you could we could be employed to extend that or preserve it or at least how both halves can work together in a way that kind of is a little bit more mutualistic so that that cycle is not three years or four years, it's it's longer at 10 to 20. For an arts model, and we are a nonprofit, but we still look at it as a business um, because, Tim, as you said, we, we have 50 small businesses under one roof here. I don't like the term starving artist. If you claim to be a starving artist, you're not working your business good enough. And I think when we look at uh, and our board looks at where we're going in the future, we need to be looking at a diverse artistic model um, and not doing uh, just one thing. So I think for an arts organization and, and, and face it, arts organizations are poor. You know, people don't spend a ton of money on art, buying just straight up art. And, and our arts, our artist pool are emerging artists mostly, and they don't command two thousand five thousand dollars for a piece of art and we like to be the spot that artists can learn and grow and uh, expand on their their knowledge base but that means that 
you know, we've got to figure out other ways to make money. And that's teaching and that's education, that's providing healing arts, that's providing um, workshops for larger organizations and other forms of of artistic uh, expression, be it um, spoken word poetry, be it uh, dance. You know, we've got to, as an organization, look at diversifying our income stream and portfolio it sounds too yeah. like what you're saying is one of the an X factor in all of this is that we've got it. We've got to get charlatans in the habit of buying art, you know, more readily too. that, that it's not just on the developer and the creative as a community, we need to jump up and support and, and vote with our dollars, the things that we think are, are important as well as doing things to preserve and bolster creative businesses. Is, am I right on that one guys? Yeah. Art has value like real estate does. It's it increases. It's you're you're buying that conversation piece for your living room and that has value uh, for years. And um, um, just like in a, just I think that's why we get along with flywheel so well. We realize the importance of diversifying our portfolio in a mixed use development. It's just how things work. So we can maybe not make as much money in one area, but it helps an artist in another area. And I think things have been evolving. I'd like to know in that realm really quickly as far as monetizing content, right? With even kind of social media and placemaking, there has been ways that um, the cool factor does become the um, the best monetary place to be. And so working with the Charlotte Art League on ways that they can host more events um, and other things that are beneficial to the community that can get paid for that using of their space. So there's cool space around it, but because there's cool space around and art around it, they can host events, they can generate money, they can help them pay higher rents and stay in there longer. And then back to how do we um, keep those systems from being longer, even though they're not gonna be permanent from not being three to five years, really getting them more in the 10 to 20 years. We've been intentional in working with Charlotte Artley and Jim on saying, hey, we're not going to give you a five-year commitment on this. This is going to be a 10 to 15 to 20-year commitment on our lease. So that's one way to get the more permanence is to really structure leases uh, that are more longer term for those nonprofits so that you're not just taking it for two or three years while the neighborhood develops and then kicking them out. Um, So that's important for developers to really make that legal commitment to the nonprofits for the amount of time that is going to require them to build something and really take advantage of the new cool place. Um, the other thing that helps us do that really quickly is opportunity zones um, and that legislation, federal tax legislation. So we bought 4237 as an opportunity zone investment with a lot of local investors who had some tax capital gains from other ventures. And they put that money in there and said, Tony, don't lose our money. Um, but we're very patient and we like arts. Um, so hopefully, you know, a decade or two from now, it's going to be worth more than what we give you now, but we don't have to make all the money up in two or three years. So that tax legislation actually afforded us the opportunity to offer the Charlotte Art League, you know, a 15 year, even up to a 20 year term on their lease um, so that we could look at things a little bit differently. So that's an important if that wasn't out there, it would be more difficult to sign leases because the banks and the investors are going to require that you get you know, as much as you can, or they're going to give their money to the next person next door who's getting as much as they can. So that's an important part of, um, you know, a positive use of a legislation that's gotten a lot of um, bad press or indifferent press, some good, some bad. 
But this is one particular instance that allowed us to offer longer term leases because it was in that structure. What I wanted to ask, which is, you know, what is exactly the vision? And we, you know, we've talked about, you know, nonprofits and the arts being being a part of it. But um, maybe, Tony, could you sketch out what that what that looks like, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road? What is what is this area look like? Is there anything else like it in Charlotte? And, you know, what's the what's the first thing that's going to happen and what's the timeline? So the vision is a community arts hub, um, visual performing arts. Um, Hyper local um, is our hope and intent on this thing. So Charlotte Art League, as Jim mentioned, is a, you know, a collective of, you know, 50 small businesses all in one space. And that's like a microcosm of the larger 4227 hub. So we've also signed the former Manor Theater folks, the Charlotte Film Society to the uh, Independent Picture House. That's pretty much our anchor tenant. Um, They are them and the Charlotte Art League are our anchor tenants. Uh, and then we have Ariel Charlotte, which is kind of a visual arts, but also kind of fitness related type thing, but very performing arts related. Um, and we're talking to UNC Charlotte um, with, you know, getting them involved more on the visual and performing arts sector. But we anticipate that this 4237 Community Arts Hub will be that now and for at least the next 15, 20, 30 years uh, and maybe forever um, or at least, you know, a longer term than, than even that initial 20 year period. So. The idea is a community arts hub and cluster where multiple different people um, do things together. And because they're all doing it together, one plus one equals three or one plus one plus one equals ten uh, or anything where the, the sum is better, you know, it's bigger and better than the individual parts. Right. I mean, are there other elements that Flywheel's looking at? I mean, like office, retail, those sorts of things in that area, you know, closer, you know, as part of that? Or, I mean, maybe it's not the same exact same project, but yeah, in that area, I mean, that, that whole area, what do, you, what do you think that looks like? The whole neighborhood. Yeah. The whole neighborhood we think is going to be, you know, very heavy on, we hope is going to be very heavy on creative office, which is really just now office. I think everyone is creative office now. Um, so I think it would be heavy on office and we want it to be. We think that that also helps um, fill the restaurants for lunch uh, in Noda and around, you know, in around this district area. So we think it's going to be heavy on creative office. Obviously, this is going to be heavy on uh, destination retail, like arts retail. Uh, and then there'll certainly be a very large housing component um, in and around this neighborhood. Thanks, Tony. Uh, you know, I know we're getting tight on time. I have one more question for for Jim Dukes. Jim, as you've talked to, I, I love the fact, by the way, I'm going to segue and say, I love the fact that the that the artists that are working in the league are being referred to as small businesses because they are. Uh, too often, I think art and culture in Charlotte, but elsewhere is just seen as kind of this hobby. This is how people pay their bills. This is how they, they uh, this is how they make ends meet and make a living. How has this gone over with the people that are currently housed and currently working in uh, in in the art league? What when you went and told them about this new development, what was the reaction that you got? Um, change is good for some change is good, not good for others. And um, we lost one or two um, because for various reasons, they like to be straight visual art or they didn't like uh, the diversification. But ultimately, um, there's a tremendous amount of excitement and our numbers are up and um, um, people are excited about um, 
the move and the opportunities to um, to grow with Charlotte Art League uh, in the new location. And um, um, not only are we moving, but we're stepping up technologically. So everybody's work will be able to be sold online as well, which is something we're currently not doing. So we'll inc increase our bandwidth um, and their exposure, not only at a new location, but uh, uh, online as well. So uh, there'll be a lot of value add to the new location. Thanks, Jim. All right, Mr. Messia, you got you got a wrap up question for us? <laughs> I really don't. I, I think uh, I think we covered a lot of ground, uh, Tim, and uh, I think it's been a really you know uh, fascinating conversation. I guess if, I, if there were one final question, like what's what's the next step? What's what's the next thing people are going to see? What's the um, yeah, and where does where does it stand? I want, I want to add to that too. Sorry, one last, to to add to Tony's question is, and what can we as a community do to to make this venture, particularly the emphasis on creativity, successful for you guys? So the next step is construction, which we're extremely excited about. Um, should start. We're already starting the demo now, and the full construction will start in the next couple of weeks. We're trying to have this deal complete the space complete for the Charlotte Art League by this summer. So what the community can do is, is really follow them on their Instagram pages and social media pages. And then at any event for them and the tenant, other tenants who are in here for this cluster, support those businesses, the independent picture house, Ariel Charlotte, and any other um, tenants that go into this building. Well, thanks. And I, you know, I'm, I, I would just remind you before we get off Tony Kuhn in no, no, two no's, Two negatives does make a positive, but uh, as the marketer in me says, run screaming from that name. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Hilarious. Yeah. There's a, I, I'm a man of two brains right now. I think it would be hilarious and a terrible decision all at the same time. So yes, uh, we agree. We agree. <laughs> at any rate, I know uh, on behalf of, of the biscuit and the Charlotte ledger, we appreciate you for your time and are both, I think going to be watching with eager anticipation to see how this develops. So thanks for your time, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your time as well. Thanks to Tony Messia of the Charlotte Ledger, Tony Kuhn of Flywheel Group, and Jim Dukes of the Charlotte Art League for speaking with us. And more importantly, thank you, the listener, for tuning into the Biscuit Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of The Biscuit. Remember to subscribe to The Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us, or better yet, just tell them yourself. Finally, get the scoop on Charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to the Biscuit email newsletter. Do that now at BiscuitCLT.com. The Biscuit CLT podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Go of Gojo Studios. Music! by Harvey Cummings.